Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. Please be joined today on the phone by PGA Tour winner Jim Herman, who took the whirlwind trip that every golfer dreams of. You go from playing in an event one week to strolling down Magnolia Lane the next. Jim, thanks for uh, joining us here. Yeah, no problem, Will. Glad to be on. Good to have you. Well, as we said, uh, last year you certainly made your mark winning the Shell Houston Open. Uh, it was a, for your first victory on the PGA Tour, and uh, it took you right from there straight to Augusta National. Pretty good timing for your first win, but just kind of take me back to the whirlwind of that week and that Sunday and Monday just getting everything into place. Yeah, I mean, what a what a uh, sequence of events, obviously holding out on uh, Sunday at the Shell Houston Open. Um, I know my agent uh, was getting phone calls as soon as the uh, – um, last putt had dropped, uh, accepting an invitation for uh, for myself. But uh, joking with uh, everyone earlier in the week, I was like, "Well, why couldn't I win, uh, you know, RBC the following week after Augusta and have a year to plan this?" Because uh, it was a few such, practice uh, rounds, right? <laughs> such a uh, emotional week, and uh, you know, I really didn't uh, slow down until the whole thing was over, um, and really didn't get a great chance to celebrate the win um, at Houston and everything that went along with it because you're just thrown right into Augusta National. And uh, um, so in that respect, it would have been nice to have a little time to enjoy the uh, the win in Houston. But uh, my goodness, uh, right into um, Augusta, Georgia and the Masters, it was just uh, what a feeling. I mean, it was uh, Sunday night. There wasn't much sleeping going on, um, obviously having won, the, <laughs> won a PJ Tour event, but obviously with uh, – the uh, upcoming Masters that week, and uh, just man, it was awesome. I was going to say, was it was it a bit of a, a blur, kind of like Will Ferrell in old school? There, you go from the Sunday making the putt to all of a sudden you wake up Thursday you're on the first tee at the Masters. Was the the in between go pretty quickly? Yeah, it did. Uh, unfortunately, it was something <laughs> that you'd want time to just go slower than than it normally does. Uh, if, if I could just go back and enjoy that week, uh, the lead up to it um, was just uh, something else. Just all the uh, um, all the people I met, the uh, you know, I came into town on Monday, Monday morning, and um, you know, first person I saw was uh, uh, Billy Payne. So um, you know, just right into <laughs> the the top dog at the at the Augusta <laughs> National. So um, yeah, it was just a great week, and uh, man, I'm I'm glad my uh, family and friends, um, a lot of them, were able to come down and, and enjoy it with me. Guys always talk about after they get their first win from from years of trying that. The next week when they're on the range and you just have your fellow professionals and peers come by and congratulate you and shake your hand, what was that like for you and, and was it extra special to have that occur at the range at Augusta National? Yeah, um, 
it was uh, mind blowing. Actually, I mean, I, obviously, I'm the peers of everyone out there. We're all we're all tour professionals. I've been out there five years, uh, going in my sixth year now. But uh, you know, obviously, you, um, you know, you feel like you've joined the the other club. You're on tour, but you've joined the winning club, and uh, you're a PGA Tour winner, and you're always going to be that way. And um, uh, yes, it was a little. Uh, I mean, very humbling actually to be there on the uh, on the practice facility at Augusta National and the applause that uh, I was getting, and uh, everyone was looking at you. They knew exactly what happened that that week prior, and uh, you know, you won the won the Houston Open to get uh, into Augusta, and uh, you know, going up and down the line, you, you're trying to just get some practice in, and uh, you know, a lot of your friends that you've a lot of the friends that I've been. Um, coming along with or coming along congratulating me and uh you know just and then you know the top stars of the game uh, jordan speed jason day bubba watson i mean they all stopped and congratulated me so that was pretty pretty uh, awesome i mean everything you would uh you would want we see a lot of times with guys that they require two three four times near the lead before they're able to get over the hump and get that first pga tour win you're very much on the opposite end of the spectrum you entered that week in Houston with only a handful of career top 10 finishes. This was really your first real good chance to win, and you were able to convert holding off Dustin Johnson, Henrik Stenson, Jordan Spieth, among others. So what was, what was the key for you to that Sunday to be able to get that opportunity and take advantage of it and turn it into a victory? Well, um, I was on my game. I was playing really well um, that week, so that obviously helps. Um, you're not going to be in contention if you're not playing well. Um, uh, other, the other, my other top tens, like you said, I was not in the final group or near the final group. Um, you know, maybe uh, my closest uh, it was second last group in uh, Greensboro the year prior. Um, you know, I had a piece of the lead that week as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, going, I, I was very, very pleased to be in the final group. Obviously, you want to be. Uh, you know, you just look at the, st the stats. Um, you know, the winner usually comes out of the final group, so the more you can put yourself into that position, the better odds you have. So, um, But, yeah, it was uh, quite a feeling uh, being the last group. There's no one no one going off behind you, and, uh, um, you know, you get, you're the center of the attention coming down the stretch. Um, um, I don't know what the difference was versus, you know, some others, uh, other than I just was able to execute um, – uh, I was able to execute with my uh, short game, obviously, with uh, um, some key putts, and I was able to keep the ball in play off uh, off the tee. I was really driving the ball well that week. But uh, it, in, in, in that golf course, the, the golf club at Houston really sets up well for me. I had a lot of right-to-left holes, and I was very comfortable with them, and uh, especially that last tee shot. Um, <laughs> it's the hardest one on the golf course, and I was able to uh, just remain calm and, uh, hey, at the end of the day, we're all we've all been growing up and practicing all the balls we hit, uh, and all the uh, time we put in or to put ourselves into these positions. And uh, it had been very easy just to whiff one out there into the right bunker and make a routine bogey and lose in a playoff to Hendrick. And uh, you know we were very aware of that. And this was my time to just step up and let's go win the golf tournament. And uh, I was able to able to execute. Now, you're a guy who uh, has been bouncing back and forth over the last few years between the PGA Tour and the Web.com Tour, winning that Shell Houston Open at age 38 for your first career victory. A lot of people will focus on the Masters bid that came with it and the, and the whirlwind that followed, but how important 
for a player like yourself, what is the two-year exemption that comes with winning on the PGA Tour? Yeah, certainly. It just allows you to plan your uh, schedule and know that uh, um, that you're going to be out here for a few years. And uh, I was very, you know, I was a very happy person, you know, before Houston. Um, I was uh, having my best year, my best year on tour the year prior. Um, this, I was in my fifth year already on the PGA Tour. I hadn't had the, you know, success that you would, uh, everyone would want. But I mean. Hey, if I never won, I'd still be able to tell my kids I played on the PGA Tour for five years or six years, however long it would be, and it would have been a, it would have been a nice career for, uh, um, you know, someone who really wasn't supposed to be on tour. I wasn't a highly rated uh, collegiate player. Uh, you know, not many offers for college, and couldn't get out here right away. I got in the club club professional business, so um, to be able to, you know scrape out a career on the PGA Tour. I played four years on the web.com, and uh, um, having this was my fifth year on the PGA Tour, I was pretty pretty um, happy with where, where my uh, golfing career had led me. But uh, obviously um, we strive for more, and I was able to, uh, you know, get some help with uh, my deficiencies the last couple of years, and I was able to, I was playing some of the best golf of my career, and, uh, you know, then, I was able to put myself uh, in the position in Houston and uh, come away with a win. But uh, yeah, obviously now going forward, the, uh, the just the scheduling and know that you're going to be on tour for uh, two years uh, is great, and uh, just the you know just that little bit of confidence that comes a little that comes with winning is uh, is uh, invaluable. Well, as you mentioned, your path to the PGA Tour a little more circuitous than others, uh, coming out from. Uh, the University of Cincinnati playing on mini tours. You were working, as you said, as a club pro, uh, Trump National Bedminster, among other places. I know PJ uh, Village is well done in Port St. Lucie in Florida. So, so what was that like for you to kind of take a very unique path? And was there ever a point where you just didn't think that you were going to make it onto the PGA Tour? Oh, yeah. I mean, many, many times you, uh, um, you know, you get through, you're at the Q School and, uh, the PJ Tour Q School is a grueling experience, and uh, I'm sure I, there's only a few people that haven't experienced it at least once. Um, and uh, you know, to miss out at second stage every year for seven years was uh, pretty humbling. And uh, yeah, you just think, all right, this is probably I'm just not good enough, and the PJ Tour is not not in my plan. So after you know, at least after four years of just nonstop golf. Um, mini tours, Monday qualifiers, Q schools. I, you know, I'd had enough of that kind of grind, and I, you know, I was getting married, and uh, thought, all right, I can still go to Q school in the fall, but uh, I got to think of another way uh, to provide, and just, you know, I still wanted to be in the golf. I was, I've loved this game since I was uh, started playing at nine, so. I uh, just got in the golf business and uh, as an assistant professional, like you said, at uh, the PJ Village in Port St. Lucie, and uh, then got a f phone call from a good friend of mine, Mickey Gallagher, that an assistant position was available in New Jersey and at Trump National uh, at Bedminster, and I thought that was a great way to further my career in golf and just, you know, there was um, a great future in being a golf professional, especially at a uh, highly rated club like Trump National, and um, I thought that might be my path, and uh, you know, be a head professional, and uh, you know, the, the tour would always be there if I could qualify for the PGA Championship through the Class A 
um, membership and, uh, you know, just some other ways. But I still left uh, Q school there. I still would would, would attend, um, you know, in 05, 06, and 07. And then finally I was able to break through it and get to the final stage of Q school in, in my second year working at, at uh, Trump National. And uh, I've been playing uh, and touring ever since. So um, I guess I was always good enough but uh it's just that qualifying is so grueling and you got to be able to uh keep it together for uh those three stages and all those rounds of golf so um great story um one that i'm proud of and i wouldn't change uh anything about it because uh, there's been a lot of um people along the way that have uh, entered my life through my club professional business and then on tour and people that have helped me um along the way and i can't thank all of them they all know who they are but uh it's just uh it's a great story and i know a lot of people out there have similar ones and their own stories but uh that's mine well you can't scan the uh, news headlines these days without stumbling across the word trump uh certainly you have a unique uh relationship with donald trump now president trump uh you know with your time at trump national bedminster you you still sport trump logos on your bag and on your shirt at, at PGA Tour events. So, what uh, what was that relationship like with him before the before president, even before presidential candidate Trump? And uh, how impactful was he in steering you towards a path in professional golf? Sure. Well, before um, you know, I was just an assistant assistant golf professional at one of his facilities at Trump National Bedminster, and you know, I'm sure he's had a lot of good players come through, a lot of a lot of. Uh, um, assistants and head professionals are really good and um, but I don't know what was different uh, we played played golf um, early in 2006 in the in the spring and uh, we you know I must have made an impression right away and uh, he was very supportive of me and uh, after two years of playing a lot of golf with him it, you know he's just wondering why I'm still working there and not on tour and um, you know he was just giving me that extra motivation and I was able to uh, um, breakthrough finally that uh, that in 2007 at that Q school, but uh, yeah, he was very supportive of me, helped me financially uh, survive the first few years of uh, first three years of Web.com and the Nationwide Tour at the time. Um, um, survive out there, you know, it's just uh, yep. um, money is, is is money is time, so you, you need all the support you can have. Um, but he's just always been there, um, a big supporter of mine. Anytime I played well. Um, I would have a uh, a note in the mail, or Mickey Gallagher would get it to me, and uh, just he'd write a little uh, um, congratulatory note and uh, on the article and send it to me, and just was a was a great supporter of mine and a good friend. And uh, obviously, our relationship stayed stayed pretty much the same since uh, he was a candidate and now the president of the United States, and uh, we still get together, uh, just not as much. Uh, he's obviously got a <laughs> busier job now but um uh we did get to get a chance to play uh right before christmas when he was uh, uh before the inauguration he invited me to the inauguration that day and uh that was quite an honor and i was very humbled to receive it and uh we and my wife and i really enjoyed our time in washington uh in mid mid uh january and um i think it'll be the same going forward uh look forward to seeing him uh this summer hopefully and uh during the um, Quicken Loans Championship in uh, D.C. So um, very, very happy for him, very proud of him, and uh, I think he's going to do a great job. So, 
All right, so I, he is a pretty busy guy, and I don't think yeah. he's going to listen to this particular podcast. So feel free to, to use this. We're among friends. Give a fair and honest assessment of President Trump's golf game. Oh, my goodness. Um, for his age, 70 years old, um, he's quite a driver of the golf ball, very uh, athletic swing, his own swing. Um, iron games, he could really use to hit the ball a little bit higher with his irons, but a really low penetrating shot. And, um, but his best feature is his uh, putting. Um, man, anytime you, you need to make a putt uh, to have really? the hole or win the hole, he can make a putt. So his putting is uh, by far his biggest strength. And I, I just think it comes down to his confidence because he's a very confident person um, and he's very confident in his putting. And uh, but a, just a great putter. So the match is on the line. You got a 10 foot putt for par, and you're feeling good about uh, the putter being in his hands, huh? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Interesting. Uh, a lot of guys, maybe not a lot of guys, but, but there are certain guys on tour that sometimes fight labels. I know that Justin Thomas went through a year or two, basically known as Jordan Spieth's good buddy. Sam Saunders, currently known as Sam Saunders, comma, Arnold Palmer's grandson. Is there any part of you? That, that doesn't want to get pigeonholed as Jim Herman, the, the Trump guy? Is that a concern at all? Um, well, it's definitely been uh, discussed with my, some of my good friends and all that. But, you know, obviously it is what it is. And uh, I, you know, would I be here on the tour without his support? I don't know. If I would have never taken that job at Trump National, Obviously, I wouldn't be labeled as the uh, as a as a Trump guy or or the, the guy that worked for Donald Trump. But then, uh, um, would I have gotten there? I don't know that question. Um, <laughs> we can't go back and and do it again. <laughs> so, um, I don't mind it at all. Obviously, um, you know, there's there's a good and a bad with some things. You know, obviously, he's um, polarizing. A lot of people are not happy with uh, everything he does, but. Uh, you know, I still go back to my relationship as uh, with Mr. Trump as a uh, as a friend, and then all the people that I've met and been touched at, at his golf courses, and uh, all a lot of the staff that still remain good friends of mine, and uh, a lot of the members that still remain good friends of mine. So I wouldn't, uh, I don't mind that label or anything like that. Obviously, uh, the better I do, the more it comes up with my relationship with him, but uh, that's okay, and I'm fine with that. But, uh, you know, obviously we are our own, our own men, uh, all these others that you've, that you've spoken about. You know, they have their own golf games, and, uh, um, you know, the labels are what they are, the, the media. and we, Everybody just wants to write a story, and that's the easiest thing for people to write about. But uh, there is a lot more to, to me, Jim Herman, and, um, than just the, the Trump story, and uh, sometimes uh, – we, it would be nice that it, it does get out the other way, but uh, I am just fine with it um, being um, that Mr. Trump or President Trump is brought up anytime I play well. Well, well here we are. This is the format to, to peel back the Jim Herman onion. So let's go for it. When you're off and not playing at a PGA Tour event, what are some non-golf interests? How are you spending your time? Well, unfortunately, I've uh, brought back a lot of came back a lot of the things I like to do. One thing I used to like to do was bowl, and uh, I know that I can't bowl anymore um, until my golf career is over because it just the threat of injury. It sounds pretty silly. Really, um, sounds really silly. But uh, I don't really do anything. I I like to play basketball and uh, just shoot hoops, and uh, I really don't do those things anymore. 
but uh, bowling was one thing I really liked to do. And I just uh, just the threat of injury on my arm. There's no reason to to uh, or or my knee. Sometimes when I bowl, my left knee would be a little achy. So I just cut that out, and I got plenty of time to bowl down the uh, down the road. Um, after my golf career is over, but uh, I just like spending time with my family. I've got uh, two two little ones. My daughter's seven, Abigail, and my son Andrew's three. And um, uh, just uh, I know their all their um, events. And my daughter swims and uh, she's in piano. She's into so many things. And my son is just can't stand being away from me. So um, you know, even when I go to the golf course and practice, he's there right where they're right there with me. So um, when I am away from the tournaments, I'm home. I'm just here a family man. And uh, um, I enjoy watching all sports. So um, that's one of my biggest hobbies, probably watching Sports Center and Golf Channel and uh, Fox Sports 1, just whatever's on. Uh, big fan of uh, my hometown professional sports, the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals and uh, um, the Cincinnati Bearcats with all their uh, all their sports. With uh, we've got a really good squad in basketball right now, so looking forward to March Madness. And uh, but I've just been a sports buff my whole life, so anything sports, I'm usually watching it. Um, all right, so I, I got to go. Around. I got to go back to this this bowling thing here. So are you? Yeah. Did you? Talk to a doctor. Did someone? Did a medical professional tell you, "Hey, you need to cool it," or is this you being proactive and saying, "Listen, I just can't risk any injury"? Um, it was a little bit of me, uh, no doctor or anything. It was the the last time I really bowled um, was at the uh, nationwide uh, tour. What now? The web.com tour, uh, Utah. Um, championship at uh i forget the name of the golf course but there was a uh um caddy player player caddy bowling tournament on tuesday night and uh i won the tournament with my caddy at the time won the bowling tournament and uh i just know on thursday morning my arm was not <laughs> feeling so well so after bowling five or six games uh that night on Tuesday, the the hangover from it was pretty uh, uh, dramatic, and that was probably the last time I was like, "No, well, I'm just not. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the bowling for a while. I plenty of time for that uh, when I retire." But uh, so that was probably the last time that I really bowled. So, what's your reaction then when you see guys like like Rory McIlroy getting injured in soccer, and and other guys get sidelined from from non golf things? Do you feel like more players should be cautious with their uh, non-golf activities, let's say? Well, to a point, I think, um, to each their own, everyone has their own, uh, their own choices to make. And, you know, obviously, uh, um, you know, I, I'm looking to provide for my family and, uh, I've got, as everyone is, but, uh, I just know, um, there's certain things out there that I shouldn't do. My wife wants me to go skiing, and uh, I'm just not going to go until my time playing on tour is over. And that's just my personal opinion. Um, that's uh, got to protect uh, the moneymaker. Yeah, right. Uh, I just feel like uh, there's plenty of time for that. There'll be a lot of um, a lot of time to enjoy things with my my wife and my children. But uh, like skiing right now is just not going to happen. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think uh, we should all be a little bit more cautious with things. But uh, like I said, you know, everyone um, to each their own. And, uh, you know, if injuries happen, you just got to be able to live with it. If 
that's what the the, the path you want to go down. So go. Um, it's easy enough to get injured playing the game of golf, but uh, it would just be uh, I would I would feel pretty silly if I got uh, injured doing something else. Uh, you know, just a leisurely activity. So you last uh, teed it up at the Honda Classic down at PJ National. The following day, you participated in the Seminole Pro Member. This is a, a prestigious tournament, but it's not one that uh, the public really has a good grasp on. There's no cameras out at Seminole, but uh, it certainly every year draws a great field of guys coming up from the Honda and teeing it up at, at one of the more exclusive clubs in the entire country. So what was that like for you to be able to play in that tournament and, uh, and give it, give a, shed some light on, on what that experience is for the peons like myself that may never <laughs> set foot on Seminole. Sure. Well, it's such a great uh, um, golf course, um, the golf club. Um, it's a Donald Ross design and uh, just has so much character and uh, uh, the history of uh, all the tour players that have come through there and played there. And uh, um, they just put on a great event. Mr. Uh, Ford is a, is the uh, quintessential professional and uh i'm sure he was enjoyed himself at oakmont and seminole but he retired from oakmont and he's gonna spend his days at uh, seminole now so just at seminole but uh he's got great quite a spot and uh, they put on a great uh great uh pro-am the following day after the honda and uh everyone is um i just feel they put on a great tournament there's great membership um i've been introduced to a uh, a friend now that we we've played the last three years and uh, Jim Mr. Jim Tullis and uh, we've become really good friends outside of that tournament we played quite a bit of golf together he's partnered with me at the uh, Pebble Beach uh, National Pro-Am as well and um, um, I just made a great friend out of uh, that tournament and uh, um, but yeah I mean it's uh, we play a lot of outside pro-ams and things like that for a lot of charities but this is one that i think just the players really enjoy the golf course and uh, the, the history of it and uh, you know we're right there so it uh, makes it very easy to go and enjoy the day and it's kind of like a extra little tour event uh, seeing if you can get uh, you know um your your team across the uh, finish line low gross or low net and uh, we played true, well the we true fifth time. major right <laughs> I don't know if it's going that far, but uh, maybe in the pro-am circuit, it's uh, it's the number one. But uh, um, it's just a great day. They put on a great event, a uh, great lunch, and uh, meet some great people. There you go. All right, so if I put you in the commissioner's seat for a day, Jay Monahan is on vacation. What is one thing you're going to change about life on tour? Well, they already do a great job for us, but... Um, um, I was hoping to get voted onto the the pack and just you know put, give my two cents. Uh, um, Now's your chance. Asked here we are. About certain things, and here it are. Here we are. But uh, they do a great job. I'm, we're very blessed. Uh, we have a great commissioner. We had a great commissioner and Commissioner Fincham, and uh, Jay is stepping in and uh, he's doing a fabulous job. Only uh, um, my my only concern is just the avenue to the tour uh, through the web.com and the. Um, those guys, I've been there and I've been in that category. Um, it's very challenging, and there's just some things that I would like discussed uh, about that category, just to make sure everyone's got a fair shot uh, when they're in it. It's hard enough making it to the tour, but then it just seems like sometimes in that category you're um, not always getting a fair shake uh, with uh, starts, and um, that's about it. I, uh, everything on tour is fabulous. I've been so honored and blessed, and I'm so 
proud of myself to make it here, and uh, they do a great job. Obviously, we're uh, the best players in the world, and um, uh, we they they've done a really good job putting on a great show. And uh, but just that that's my one little area of concern was making sure the uh, the web guys have uh, a fair shake. And uh, so, would you starts. would you? Uh create more spots for the web guys or do you think that the issue is moving the web guys up a little higher in the pecking order when it comes to filling um, out fields just making sure that they have a voice and some of their concerns are, are heard just along with the top guys that's all yeah. and, and and it's it's uh you know when everyone has their chance but uh at, to, to play and move up in that category but some guys you know they, they only get one start in about a 12 13 week stretch and that seems pretty uh um that seems too long. Obviously, I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's fair when we're, we're um, when we're playing. So obviously, there's just got to be uh, something just to uh, even that out a little bit. All right. I will let you get out on this one. Uh, your Cincinnati Bearcats projected right now to be a five seed in the NCAA tournament. What is the key to success for UC if they're going to make a long run through the bracket? Well, obviously. Uh, you got to be on. You got to have your guard play in the tournament. It's all guard play. We've got uh, um, um, some really good players there, but uh, Mr. Copain is our is our star. <laughs> and uh, if they're shooting, um, if they're shooting the ball well, I think we got a chance. So we play really good defense, but uh, it always comes down to making shots. So um, our guards need to make the shots when, uh, you know, you're in that tight game and then obviously free throws. So, uh, unfortunately that was never our, our calling card was our free throw shooting, uh, over the years. And that's really been the reason we've never done really well in the, um, NCAA tournament because you're going to get tight games and you gotta, you gotta make your free throws. So, uh, some three point shots, clutch three point shots. And then, uh, I always think the free throws. It's like making tour players making your three footers. You know, if you're if you're missing three footers, you're not going to be uh, hanging around very long. See, this is the time, early March. This is when all the teams it makes makes it seem like we have a path and and everyone has a shot, even though 67 are going to go home disappointed over the next three or four weeks. But uh, Jim Herman, thank you very much uh, for joining us, teeing it up this week at the Valspar Championship. I know I look forward to catching up with you when you defend that title uh, at the Shell Houston Open coming up here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I can't wait. I think uh, i got a media day coming up uh, in a week, and uh, really looking forward to be, you know, obviously everything that goes on that goes into winning, but uh, this will be a couple new experiences, the media day um, for Houston, uh, Houston Open, and then uh, um, obviously being on site and just everything that goes along with uh, being a defending champion. So really looking forward to it, and uh, thank you, Will, and uh, you have a nice day. All right, thanks, Jim, for joining us. This has been another edition of the Golf Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray, and we'll see you next time. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.